Welcome to the Lopes Insider Podcast, presented by Commonwealth Insurance, the way insurance should be. Giving you an exclusive look into Grand Canyon University Athletics with news, special guests, memorable flashbacks, and more. It's the Lopes Insider Podcast. On this episode, we'll talk to a pair of GCU basketball figures. It's time to catch up with new women's basketball coach Molly Miller after a successful move to Phoenix and a few weeks of getting to hang out with her new team. Also, former men's basketball guard Trey Drexel talks about signing a new professional contract overseas. All this and more on the 10th episode of the Lopes Insider Podcast. Welcome to episode number 10 of the Lopes Insider Podcast. Alongside Michael Potter, I'm Barry Butel. And Michael, it is great to be back after a July 4th break here on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun, Barry. Our guest this week uh, made it even more fun, but it's been great to catch up with a lot of great uh, folks in uh, GCU history. It's been a lot of fun. We are rolling along in a couple of weeks worth of news and notes to catch up on. Let's head right into the news and notes segment. First off, one of this episode's guests gets some uh, long-awaited good news. Yeah, really cool. Got a chance to talk to Trey Drexel. Uh, great to watch him. You know, he came to to GCU for one year from the D two ranks. Always thought he was a great, could be a great D one player. And now he's got a chance to uh, to play in the pros. Uh, past week, he got a little job security, three year pro deal with the nice. parent club of the team he sh- uh, starred for in Serbia last year. So he'll be heading back to Serbia. But that three year deal, pretty excited about that. Very hard worker. Great to, great to hear Trey sign that uh, long-term deal. GCU student-athletes thriving in the classroom as well as this week's academic all-whack announcement uh, did show. Yeah, really great. The Lopes led the WAC with 184 selections in this round of selections uh, featuring spring sport athletes as well as freshmen. Transfers from fall and winter sports. Uh, Lopes had 295 honorees for the full year, which led the conference, Barry. Finally, men's golf volunteer assistant coach Jesse Mueller headed back to the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yeah, this is super cool. I mean, the Waste Management is such a great tournament, but it's always fun when you got somebody out there you really want to root for. And Jesse's that guy. He won the Southwest PGA Championship in Nevada to begin July. So second time in four years, he's won that event. And that punches his ticket straight to the Waste Management Phoenix Open uh, next February. It'd be a lot of fun to watch him out there again. Yeah, it was great to great to see how well he did in Las Vegas, and uh, his putting he said was uh, working really well during the tournament. So great to see uh, Jesse, and it'll be fun out at the uh, waste management to to watch him out there yet again. That's all the news and notes we have. As always, you can stay up to date on the latest Lopes news on gcu.lopes.com or the GCU Lopes app. Trivia time. Podcast guest Trey Drexel scored a season high of 17 points in his one season with GCU. In which game did he set this mark? Well, I tell you what, I had a front row seat for this one. He shot four for nine from deep in this game, too. Really showing off the range uh, in this one. We'll get you the answer at the end of this episode after we've talked to uh, Trey. Three months ago, Molly Miller became the new head coach of GCU women's basketball. It has been a whirlwind transition ever since. She quickly assembled a coaching staff, signed four new players, and moved her family to Phoenix. Miller has been going nonstop to establish her new program here in the desert. Paul Coro grabbed some time with Miller on the Lopes Insider Podcast. 
The podcast has advanced enough to where we have a return visitor. Molly Miller was one of our first guests when we uh, saw her become the new GCU women's basketball head coach in April. It's been a whirlwind for her ever since, assembling a staff and signing recruits and moving to Phoenix and getting to know her Lopes team while she adjusts to this life in the pandemic. Molly, any one of those things would have been a lot over these three months. How has it been to navigate all of it? I've taken it in stride. You know, everyone's dealing with a different, unique, difficult time right now. But for me, um, trying to do something completely new, um, not only for myself, but for a program, it's been interesting. But um, I'm finally here in Phoenix. So we've landed, I put my feet on the ground. And now I'm running with those feet. You know, you hit the ground running is an understatement when you take over a new program, especially in this environment. But, you know, I'm happy to be in my office right now. That's all I could ask. I felt a little cooped up in the house for so long. So it's good that I can be in the office and uh, still take those precautionary measures to um, be safe around our kids and have them on campus too, and really look forward to working with them. Um, You know, July 20th is kind of that hopeful access point for us for summer access. So they're getting on campus and um, getting settled as well. Well, you've got that great coach's office with the windows into the courts at the basketball practice facility, hoping you get to see some bodies on that at some point soon. But what's been most striking, I guess, mostly via social media is the immediate connection you've made with your team. And this group of young women who are new to you and each other, they seem to afford a bond, like players who've been through some stuff together. What, what, how have you been able to accomplish that? Oh, there's, it just comes from a good place, you know, and it's been so great getting to know them. That is just one of my priorities is put all my attention and effort and commitment to my team. And, uh, you know, it's just been wonderful to actually get everyone here on campus together instead of looking at each other over Zoom. You know, that's something that I really value is just my relationships and my time spent with our kids. And so now that that's becoming a reality for me, I couldn't be happier. And uh, it's the start of something special. And I keep telling them that this is going to be a journey. And I'm so glad that I'm on this ride with them. You've barely lived in Phoenix. And I think you and your team did the 4th of July better than I ever have. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a post about tacos with a view of the city. You can't beat either of those things. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. We had uh, the team over and we had, uh, yeah, taco night. And I'm in a rental right now and it's kind of on a a foothill. So we had the view of basically the whole city and the fireworks and they were playing games of heads up and, you know, just a really good, fun, joyous time for us to laugh, kick back and enjoy each other's fellowship. Especially for the kids who are new to the area. That must be... uh reaffirming, I guess, to see what kind of special city they've moved to and what it has to offer. Yeah, it's huge to get them integrated into a new place quickly, but comfortably also. And um, I take that part of my job pretty seriously. Also, when you've got new kids that um, don't really know the Phoenix landscape, like I want them to call this a second home right now. So I think that's something where I'm learning too as I go. So it's kind of a unique situation that we're learning about Phoenix together. But that's been one of the fun things for me. I know you're dying to watch them on the court. and But what has this time allowed you to learn about them and how your program might look differently as you get to know GCU as well? 
Oh, so much more than probably normal. Um, I think we can critique a lot of um, how we've been handcuffed in this time, but I'm definitely finding the positives and just getting to know my team on a level besides basketball. Um, although that's something that I'm itching to do is get with them on the court. Uh, it has given me a moment just to have longer conversations, more thoughtful conversations about a lot of different subjects. And I think for us in relationship building as a new staff, a new program with new faces, that's been extremely beneficial and something that we're not taking for granted in this time. It's actually made us step back and not feel rushed you know, to get plays in or get our defensive system in. Right now, we're just kind of developing that foundation. And it's going to be a very, very strong foundation to build off on in the future. You you struck me by saying that you're getting to know it too. And I I was reminded that you took this job without being able to visit because of the pandemic. What has struck you as you about the campus and the facilities now that you spend time here? Well, it's kind of reaffirmed everything um, and every decision. Uh, That's probably a bright spot for me is like coming here and just understanding the resources and the commitments that's made to this place and athletics. Um, I mean, I couldn't be in a, in a better spot to recruit in terms of, you know, all the bells and whistles. And I tell our recruits that like we've got the best facilities, you know, we've got the best um, kind of brick and mortar things. Uh, That's all the cherry on top for me, what has made this experience really enjoyable and what hits home is the people and that family atmosphere that GCU provides. So I really do want to get kids on campus and show off this place because it's so beautiful and so amazing. But, um, you know, right now we are focusing kind of on the relationship piece, but I'm just odd. This is one of the most gorgeous campuses in America. And when you combine that with some of the best people, you've got a really good combination. And you inherited a lot of good returning talent from a second place team, but you've also quickly added four signees. Tiara Brown joined her sister Tiana on the team. Uh, Nadeja Nana Jackson Mm -hmm. brings in D1 experience as a grad transfer. Chloe Otiko is a fascinating ad as a former track standout and former Omaha area basketball star. Is that right? Omaha? Yes. Yep. And But nobody made you earn that signature like Katie, (laughs) the Missouri Gatorade player of the year. I would tell that story about how <laughs> this is like a five-year process, isn't it, to get come together? It is. It is. You know, you, you want to develop those relationships early, especially with kids in your backyard. And at the time, she was in my backyard. And so um, just getting to know her and her family and her situation was something that I've been doing a long time, you know, ever since she was a freshman. So I can't believe we're now here going into her freshman year of college. Um, but you know, she, she had a lot of trust in me and my vision and she's gonna, I think be kind of a part of this groundbreaking history and leave a legacy, um, and be at a place for four years that she can really make her mark. And she's going to know that I'm going to have her back every step of the way and support her. So it meant the world to me and it spoke volumes to me that she would trust me enough to come halfway across the country to a place she hadn't even visited to, start her college career. So that's some, that, those are things that I don't take lightly. And so, you know, I'm going to give her the best experience that I know how and um, really grateful. She's a huge get for GCU. I mean, when you're talking about Missouri Gatorade Player of the Year, 
player of the year in class four. I mean, the list goes on for her with accolades. Um, Those are the type of kids we want to recruit here. And we think we can recruit here. And uh, I'm looking forward to everyone else seeing her and what she can do and her skill set that she'll bring to the table. That's a, that background even made it more gratifying when I saw her post the other day about how beautiful Phoenix sunsets are and how much she likes her teammates. I was like, Oh, that's great because she took such a leap. I know you're telling me when I see that stuff, it just warms my heart. I mean, I get the warm and fuzzies all over. (laughs) Well, now that you've done a deep dive on, on last year's film and met everyone and spent time as a team, what do you think you have in store for an on court product come November? I'm honestly excited to incorporate these kids in my system. I think they have an athleticism and a knack for, you know, the game that will complement what we do really well. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't, I haven't really dove into individual film that much on them because I want to give them all a clean slate and I don't want to have some preconceived notions just based on film. Um, a lot of development can happen over the summer in a year. So, um, I'm really focused on just kind of letting them come in and show me what we're working with instead of kind of trying to dissect it myself. Um, I think they, they like the thought of maybe having kind of that, um, prevent them from being the best and doing the best and, um, moving forward because I don't have any preconceived notions about what they can do. So it is kind of a a fresh start. And um, so there's not, I don't have five in my head that would start right now. I can't tell you that. I couldn't even tell you where to begin because I'm kind of waiting to see what comes together on the floor when we all get together. And you mentioned recruiting with what a great place it'll be to recruit to. What about the types of players and the reception you're getting Uh, that maybe you couldn't have had before? Well, I mean, I think it's everyone's dream when they're playing and bouncing the ball in their driveway to play Division I basketball. And so um, to make some of those little girls' dreams a reality is a a special thing. And for me, when you can kind of put it all together, I mean, here we are, you know, right at the top of the whack. We've got a good shot of making it to the big dance, which is another dream. for little girls across the nation. So when you can play on the highest stage of basketball um, at the highest level, that's something that, you know, you you don't have to sell. That's something that uh, has just been envisioned by these kids since they were little. So I think that uh, the capability to go to the national tournament, which, you know, I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation or goal for us. Um, I think we've got a, a great shot at being able to win some conference championships and cut down some nets and then make some noise. So I think that's something that kids love. And, you know, that's what they're working their whole lives for is to come compete at the highest level and, and be, earn a basketball scholarship to do so. Okay, enough basketball for just a moment. This all came at a wild time. You got your son, Cy, was born in January, joins Big Crosby. How's the family dynamic been for new mom, your husband, Derek, the move? <laughs> and trying to start a new program. Oh, it's 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 been good. It has been, you know, we're still house hunting. Um, Crosby loves the Arizona sunsets. I get pulled, you know, outside about 7.30 each night. She says the sun's winking at her. So right when it goes down over the mountains, we watch the sun wink um, and size growing up too, just before our eyes. And so it's it's been great for our family. Um, 
Derek's been, uh, we joke, I joke with him a little bit. I ask him how retirement is because he's just waiting a while till we get settled to maybe go back into the workforce. And he's got a job, he's a CRNA. So in the medical field, um, he won't probably have a problem um, trying to find a place to work. So we've all just kind of been enjoying the process right now. And um, I, I almost felt a little bad for our kids because when they came over for the 4th of July, Crosby was just adoring them, hanging all over them, clamoring for their attention. So I think uh, that she has them wrapped around her finger already. <laughs> she's got about 15 new big sisters. Huh? <laughs> yeah, and she's ecstatic about it. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, we tore you away from so much. You probably got a, another staff meeting or recruiting call or team function or something. So we'll wrap it on that note. We look forward to when you we can all join each other on campus soon. And thank you for sharing your time on the Lopes Insider podcast. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. And we'll see you, Lopes fans. The Call of the Week, presented by Copper State Credit Union. Committed to you. Hot off an opening weekend series win over number 22 Oklahoma State this year, the Lopes baseball team welcomed in Oregon for the first midweek action of 2020. Dominic Grissom gave GCU a fourth inning lead on a no-doubt home run. That one ripped a ton. If it's fair, it's going to be gone. Take a look at it. Home run! Second two-run shot in his mini-game for Dominic Grissom. The game went to extras with a bang-bang play, extending GCU's 12th. The 2-1. Ground ball up the middle. Big hop. Second baseman's got it. Nowitzki's throw in time. Didn't get him. Said he pulled him off. Oh, my goodness. It looked like his heel came up, and if that toe wasn't on, it's possible. The Lopes wasted no time, improving to 3-1. and one. Now it bounces away. Johnny Ortiz is going to come in and score, and the Lopes have a walk-off on the wild pitch. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What a way for the Lopes to get another win over a Power 5 opponent. That was the call of the week, presented by Copper State Credit Union. Committed to you. Trey Drexel always believed he was a Division I caliber player during his time at D2 Western Washington. He made the jump to D1 as a grad transfer for the Lopes in 2018-19, leading the team in rebounding and starting the majority of GCU games. Trey's stock has only continued to rise professionally, parlaying a successful pro season in Serbia to a three-year deal in a higher league. Michael Potter talked to Trey Drexel on the Lopes Insider Podcast. Hey, Trey, thanks so much for joining us here on the Lopes Insider Podcast. Great to catch up with you. Yeah, thanks, Michael. It's, 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 uh, it's good to be on. It's good to catch up. Well, the world's in a really weird place right now, but exciting news for you. Three-year deal uh, to go back to Serbia and play some basketball. How, how cool is that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's super good. It's kind of a testament to my hard work i was on a uh, two-year contract with uh kind of like the uh the equivalent of the g league team to the team that i just signed so it's uh i just signed basically to the equivalent of like the, the nba team to the team i was on last year and so it's 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 good it's kind of like a testament to my hard work paying off so it feels feels really good when you got that call to go play with the you know the G League over there, basically, uh, had you ever been to Serbia? Ever been out of the country before? Uh, um, no, I mean, 
take away Canada because that's from my, <laughs> my, my division two school is about 30 minutes from uh, right. Canada. No, I hadn't been. So there's a lot of adjustments that had to be made. What, what was your first thought? I mean, obviously you wanted to play basketball, right? But uh, what was your first thought about just say, hearing the words, you're going to go to Serbia to play? Um, well, kind of like, uh, <laughs> it's interesting because in the, uh, in like kind of the overseas basketball industry as a whole, Eastern Europe's known as a little bit harder standard of living and, you know, really tough people. Like they, a lot of the um, countries in Eastern Europe have been through a lot of wars and a lot of hardship and mm-hmm. so um, very hard people, but, you know, very nice people. But my first reaction is I, I had, I had guys in my agency cause I was, I was working out with uh, my agency in Seattle and they're telling me, Oh, you're going to Serbia. Like, like get ready. <laughs> And I'm kind of like, what, what does that mean? And they would just give me a smile like, oh, you'll you'll know once you get there. And so uh, that was kind of my first impression. What was your experience like for that year? It was really good. Um, like I said, it's very, very tough people and very strong. And so uh, they, they believe in hard work beats everything. So we were running about four hour, four to five hours of practice a day, two a days, five days a week. And so it was kind of like, you know, just thrown right into the fire of learning how to, uh, you know, be a professional. It's, it's even a step above playing in college because in college you have a lot of, um, especially at GCU, so much resources, so much uh, treatment for your body and and stuff like that. And, and everyone wants you to succeed, right? But then once you become a professional, and especially in Serbia, it became like, all right, I need to find ways to, you know, be on top of this myself. And so I had to, you know, kind of get on my own uh, therapy sessions, my own weightlifting and and really, you know, tie down those things. But I mean, it was a great experience. It pushed me in a lot of ways, uh, especially mentally, you know, the grind of a long season, being away from your family Mm -hmm. and and all those challenges that come with living in a country where you, you know, you don't speak the same language. Did, did you always have that work, work ethic and this was just, Hey, I have to ratchet it up a bit, or is this kind of stuff? Cause you were a fan favorite at GCU and it seemed like, even though it was kind of an up and down season for you that year at GCU, you always had that, that hard work and you always went to work. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of part of my character. It's always been, uh, it's interesting. Cause like, uh, a lot of guys, like, you know, the guys that have chips on their shoulder that work really hard, it's, it's kind of a lot of times it's from like a tough upbringing. Um, or something in their childhood that really pushed them to that. But for me, it's just kind of been an intrinsic thing. Like uh, since I was young, I honestly, I know I get it from my mom because <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying my dad's not a hard worker. Like he, he was a bulldog too, but my mom, like fiery personality, um, super hard worker. And that's kind of just been instilled from me since I was young. So yeah, when I, when I got to Serbia, it was more so just ratcheted up to an even higher level. And that's kind of what you have to do when you transition from the college game to the pros is everything is just even more so you know working hard, yeah. like you know, practicing a lot even more so and you know being on top of your body even more so stuff like that okay take me back growing up as a kid in washington what kind of kid were you trey uh, i was the kid that was so dang competitive that <laughs> i mean this, this might be embarrassing to say but I'm, I'm an open book but till about like seventh grade i was the kid that every time my team lost i'm crying you know, I'm just competing every single time. Yeah. Probably to the, to the, my team is probably pretty annoyed because I, I, you know, I, I hate losing and, uh, that's just kind of been wired in, in me from the jump, but super emotional kid had to finally get my emotions in a wrap once you get to college and you're not in the bubble of, you know, all your high school friends that you've been around forever. So 
What uh, what type of sport athlete were you as a younger kid? Did you play all sports? Did you focus just on basketball? What would you like the most? Um, I was actually a baseball player. Uh, I mean, I didn't really fall in love with basketball until I was about a freshman in high school. But growing up, I was travel baseball everywhere, and uh, actually was a probably a better baseball player than I was basketball as a uh, sophomore in high school. I was offered like a fifty percent scholarship to uh university of san diego to be a pitcher but uh i quit baseball that that same year just because hmm. i, I just, it was a little too slow for me i didn't like so many off days as a pitcher so then i kind of just transitioned to basketball so and then you go to western washington um you know we we've heard the story that you wanted to play d1 always felt you were a d1 player but man western washington a fantastic division two program could compete with a lot of d1s what was your experience like there for three years um, man, it, it's a it's a high level program. I, I think there's a big uh, misconception that Division two basketball, you know, it's starting to get more respect, but it's the misconception that it's it's not high level basketball, and, and it's just not the case. It, I mean, we had I would say one of the most talented teams I've ever been on my junior year. We had a guy, Trevor Jasinski, one of my best friends. He uh, he just graduated this year. He's about to sign in the Netherlands, I believe. Um, we had Dalton Hamas who. Next year was the Division Two Player of the Year. Now he's uh, in the G League for the Spurs. I think playing with uh, Daniel Alexander, GCU alum, uh, and then I also, we also had another guy who's playing at a uh, in, in Slovakia. So our team was our team was stacked. Um, so yeah, no, it was, it was a high level program. But uh, yeah, I, I, that, some of my favorite basketball memories are there. Our team was very close knit, and it's kind of where I I grew up. Yeah, I had one trip to Western Washington uh, when GCU was D2, and we were up there to play in the Western yeah. regions. And gorgeous campus, although not not a surprise, not a spoiler alert, it rained the entire time we were there. Right, totally. That rain just doesn't really go away. That's funny because um, when I actually went to GCU for my visit, I remember there was a uh, the year, I think it was a year or two before they won the national championship and they played Grand Canyon for that West region. And I remember seeing the bracket up in in the locker room and I, I just it's just small world how it all comes full circle it's in Grand Canyon yeah definitely and what what was it to you, you know you'd said when you came to GCU you always felt like a D1 player and just wanted to prove it that that you you were a D1 player what what was the reason you picked GCU um i think for me like GCU it, it has it has it checks all the boxes for a high level program um you know great fan support you have um Dan Marley at the time was great coach, uh, very co- competitive NBA resume. Um, you had an awesome campus. I wanted to get away from home, get to the heat. And, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, great facilities. I mean, it checked all, all my boxes. And, and so it, it was, it was actually a rather easy decision because one of my childhood friends, Steve Hunsaker, he was actually a previous, uh, ha- president of the Havocs and he, he was, he had been trying to get me to uh, look at GCU, look at transferring to GCU for a couple of years. So it's just kind of a definitely kind of God's timing, God's plan. You know, we got a bunch of guys now playing professionally over in Europe and all, all throughout the world. I always like to ask them this biggest difference because uh, you played some really high level D2 opponents. You played some high level D1 opponents. So biggest difference in the in the game when you go uh, to play pro? I think uh, the first thing that jumps off the page is the physicality um guys are just they have that man strength um guys are all playing 
you know, super physical when you're trying to come off down screens, super physical when you're going in for rebounds. Um, I had a game this year where I knocked out a dude's tooth with my <laughs> elbow blood going everywhere. And uh, it was a foul on him. So it's just like a very, like the refs are, are not going to call fouls the same. You're not getting the same calls you get, you know, in college and, and guys overseas, especially they play with their, uh, with their head a lot more. So they're thinking the whole time they they know all the answers to every defensive scheme you throw at them, especially the veteran point guards. I think that was one of the things that kind of, you know, jumped out early is you got to be able to make those same reads as those veterans. So Trey, how, how important was that year at GCU for you to develop in the player? Now I, I remember what really impressed me about you. You know, you, you had a very good offensive game. There were games where you'd light it up, but halfway through the year, the team was really struggling with rebounds. And I remember coach really challenged you guys. And from that point on, you were like third in the conference, averaging like seven rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. You really took that to heart and uh, really stepped up that part of your game. Yeah. I think GCU was a great kind of um, middle step to playing professionally. I, you know, Western Washington, it, it was local for me. It was only about an hour and 15 minutes away from my house. So I've always been like a very family guy. And so I, I think it was a good middle step of kind of like, you know, breaking off from being at home and getting comfortable being away from home. And and, and into the basketball aspect, too, I think it, you know, the more programs that you can be a part of and the kind of the more cultures and more you know, situations with different coaches, situations with different teammates, that all kind of prepares you for those situations when you go overseas and you have to read the current environment of the team right off the bat, you know, and you need to be able to adjust your game. You need to, you know, maybe you need to be more selfish. Maybe you need to be less selfish. Maybe you need to, you know, be that rebounder and, and just kind of GCU really helps me get into my role of being versatile and and it's helped me overseas, especially because overseas in Europe, they really value versatility. And I think GCU kind of, my time at GCU kind of illuminated that I'm a versatile player. And, and you know, that's kind of my bread and butter, what's going to, you know, put food on the table. So, All right, Trey, I saved the, the toughest question for last. Don't, don't get too stressed about this. This is a big, okay. big, serious question. Okay, you ready? Yeah. You get back to Serbia when you finally get to go back there and start training. What's your go-to Serbian meal? Ooh. So there's this uh in Serbia, they uh they love their meat and potatoes, but there's this special, it's it's kind of a Serbian fast food. It's called shish. It's like about it's about a I'd say about 15 inch long subway sandwich, but it's like this like dark meat wrapped in bacon and you like it's basically like almost like a hamburger meat wrapped in bacon with lettuce. Oh, it's, it's just super good. You, you get, when you go to food, you have to try What's it, it called? Sheesh. A sheesh? Sheesh. All right. Sounds good, man. Hey, yeah. Trey, our, our time's too short. Hey, congrats. Um, It's really exciting for us as we, you know, we get to see you guys. We only got to see you for a year, but you were a fan favorite just the way you worked and played and people loved your emotion. Um, It's, it's really exciting to see you having this uh, success and uh, we're really excited about your future. Thanks a bunch for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to GCU community. You guys were awesome, very supportive and I love my time there. Always great to hear from Molly and Trey. We are excited for the future for both of them, one on the GCU campus and one over 6,000 miles away. Speaking of Trey, our trivia question was, in which game did he set his season high of 17 points? 
Well, it didn't take long right away in game number one. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, the Lopes opened the season up there in a frigid Brookings, South Dakota <laughs> against uh, Mike Dom and a very, very good South Dakota State Jackrabbit team. But Trey came to play, prove he's a D1 player in his first game. He tied for the team lead in points with Carlos Johnson at 17. But unfortunately, Lopes fell short 79-74 in that loss. Man, it was fun to watch that guy rebound the ball from the guard spot. Well, Michael, that brings us close to the end of this episode. Before we wrap things up, what have you enjoyed on GCULopes.com? Well, last week, I really liked uh, Paul's deep dive on the WAC newcomers. Uh, weird to say that GCU is one of the old Wiley veterans of the conference these days, Barry, but yeah. the article looked a little bit at Dixie State and Tarleton, and much like GCU, all the success they had at that D2 level. So that was that was pretty cool to see. And then I'm looking forward to Paul's continuing basketball coverage, you know, in the mm-hmm. coming weeks. Um, it's going to help us get to know some of Coach Miller's new women's basketball players, as well as hopefully delivering some updates on, you know, team practices, which hopefully are allowed to begin on <laughs> july 20th hopefully indeed well uh we'll Fingers keep crossed. an eye on yeah right we'll keep an eye on gclopes.com for all the latest news regarding gcu athletics but that'll do it for episode number 10 michael have a great rest of your week thanks a lot barry appreciate it it was a lot of fun and we'll see you next time all right we appreciate you tuning in and uh, we hope that you'll join us again next week right here on the lopes insider podcast Thanks for listening to the Lopes Insider Podcast, presented by Commonwealth Insurance, the way insurance should be. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform and at gclopes.com slash podcast. Lopes up. Lopes up.